Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Not only is it my background, but let's face it, the way you cook is also where you've been and the cultures that you've been exposed to, and it all kind of combines into one big mishmash, which happens to be my nickname. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. We're all about food in Florida. Today, we bring you a conversation with Miami chef Michelle Bernstein, who describes the way her Latin Jewish heritage shows up on the plate. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Michelle Bernstein is a Miami chef, restaurant owner, and TV personality who made a name for herself combining flavors and techniques from her Latin Jewish heritage. In 2008, the James Beard Foundation recognized her as the best chef in the South. The Zest producer, Dalia Colon, spoke to Michelle in April in the thick of the coronavirus pandemic when the challenge of turning her restaurant, Cafe La Trova, into a takeout spot combined with the stress of homeschooling her eight-year-old son were beginning to take a toll on her. She took some time out of her very busy schedule to talk about the cultural influences on her cooking and how she makes it all work. Let's talk about your background. So where did you grow up? I was uh, born in Hollywood, Florida when I was one and a half. Our family moved to Miami Shores and uh, we didn't leave until I graduated high school. Um, I went to Miami Shores Elementary and I went to Miami Country Day and then I went to North Miami Senior High. Um, I went to Johnson and Wales. I went away to Atlanta. I went to school to study biochemistry and nutrition at Georgia State and then Emory University. And before that, I was a professional dancer and I moved to New York. I got a summer scholarship with Alvin Ailey and I was hoping to dance with either Brishnikov or Balanchine by the time I was 20. I was told that I had the talent, but I was too short and my legs were too strong so that I I should go be a modern dancer or a Vegas dancer. And I was so let down that I quit everything and I came back to go to college. Wow. Isn't that the same thing they told Misty Copeland? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yes, because of her body. But she obviously, um, (laughs) she just stuck with it and kept on going. And she was much stronger than I. Yes. Well, you turned out okay, too. (laughs) Um, So you're kind of South Florida born and bred, which is great because South Florida is such a melting pot. And you personally embody that melting pot. Let's talk a little bit about your heritage and how that influences your cooking. So I am fully Jewish and very Latin. 
our background from South America is Argentina. Although my grandmother was from Chile, she moved to Argentina very young and she met my grandfather. But his side is about five generations Argentine. We were some Jewish gauchos. And my dad is from Minnesota. They all came from Ukraine. But some of them came to the United States and some of them actually went to Uruguay. And when my father, who was in World War II, when daddy went to meet for the first time the Bernsteins, or we call them the Bedensteins, in Uruguay, he met La Señora Marta Cohen from Buenos Aires, Argentina, who, became, who was my mother. And they fell in love and moved to Minnesota only a couple of years because he was ready to get out of the cold. So they came to South Florida. And uh, that was where our story began. Oh, I love that story. That's such an American story. <laughs> Do you ever have issues? Okay, I'll use myself as an example. I'm African-American. My husband is Puerto Rican, so I have a Puerto Rican last name, Colon. And people think on paper that I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> Which is fine. I speak Spanish. It's fine. <laughs> Thank goodness you do. <laughs> Your last name Bernstein doesn't give you away as a Latina. Did you ever have any issues with that? Always. Did you ever feel like you had to prove yourself? So it's funny, you know, growing up, going to North Miami Senior High in the late 80s, where, you know, a lot of Cubans arrived, they stuck me in a beginner's Spanish class. And when I started speaking to my teacher, I'll never forget Mr. Guerra, he says to me, why are you here? You're obviously not born in this country. I was like, of course I was born in this country. I'm American. I'm, I'm, so, I'm super gringa. He says, well, why do you have an Argentine accent? You need to be with the Spanish speakers who were born in Latin countries. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that to me. And sure enough, you know, I got, I got stuck in there. However, moving forward, I got my first TV gig with Food Network on a show called um, Melting Pot. And I was only strictly doing Latin food, whatever it was, you know, my take on a lot of different Latin, typical cultured food. And people would write in saying, why is this Jewish woman talking about our culture when Jewish people would know nothing about the Latin culture? And my argument has always been, now I know being Jewish is not only religion. We think ourselves, Jewish people, you know, being Jewish is, is more of a tradition, right? We have strong traditions, but it is a religion as well. Now, my argument was, you know that you can be both, right? Like I would tell people all the time, you can actually be Jewish and be Latin at the same time. Now, I'm not telling you this because you obviously know this. You're an intellectual woman. My biggest beef was, you know, that people just don't get it. You know, people don't understand that there are Jews everywhere. There's Jews in Africa. There's Jews in Latin America and Central America, Mexico, the Caribbean, Australia. So back in the early 90s, it was very difficult to explain to people that you could be mixed. I don't get it that often anymore, but... In every interview I did from probably the early 90s to the very beginnings, 2000s, people would ask, well, how is it that your name is Bernstein and you speak Spanish? And I'd try not to roll my eyes and I would try to like keep calm when I explained to the person interviewing me, you know, about just that. And man, it was it was a hard fight. Some people just wouldn't accept it, though. Some people think that you cannot be Jewish and be Latin. And listen, I married, you know, I married a Catholic Mexican or a Mexican Catholic. 
and um, he got it. <laughs> he got it when I first met him. He's like, yeah, I can tell that you're Jewish just from looking at you, no offense, he said, um, but also I can tell you're Latin from your booty and the way that you cook. So... <laughs> not such a bad thing. Not, not at all. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Let's talk more about the way that you cook. What are some of those dishes, you know, from your first TV show that you mentioned, or even today that kind of embody both sides of you? It's more about the flavor. So whenever I cook, I notice that, and obviously this comes straight from my mother. Let's say I'm making my, my mother's arroz con pollo, right? The chicken and rice dish that, that I make, to me, it couldn't be more Latin. But when some people eat it, especially some people that happen to be Jewish, they tell me that it tastes a little on the Jewish side, which I think is so funny. I debone a chicken. I give a person at, well, they used to come to La Trova. We used to give them a half of a bird and it, we would sous vide it a little bit in a marinade, which maybe is where the Jewish flavor comes from because it did have a lot of dill in it. And to me, the dill and fennel flavors and caraway flavors are more obviously on the Jewish side, you know, rye bread. Then we'd push it on the plancha really hard to get it super crisp on one side. Mm -hmm, so on the grill. And we would slice a half a chicken completely over the rice, which, by the way, was very Latin. You know, it had a little bit of jerez and it had... Um, sofrito. So I don't know. My matzo ball soup, I make mine with chayote and corn. And um, sometimes I've even done it pozole style. And, you know, it'll have cilantro and lime. Now, that's not Argentine at all, but it's the flavors that I grew up with in my later career, probably thanks to my husband David and traveling to Mexico. And so, yeah, you know, not only is it my background, but Let's face it, the way you cook is also where you've been and the cultures that you've been exposed to, and it all kind of combines into one big mishmash, which happens to be my nickname. <laughs> mishmash, that's good. Sounds like a delicious mishmash. Now, do you observe Shabbat, and what does that look like at your house? We do not observe Shabbat, but I do cook for other people Shabbat. I get asked a lot to make people Shabbat food, and I love especially nowadays, to gift people Shabbat dinners. And it could be anything from my mother's delicious mustard-crusted brisket that I now do on the grill with uh, a splash of a mustardy chimichurri sauce. It could be a whole roast duck even with glazed peaches. We turn it very much into our style when I do food for the holidays. Um, Israeli couscous always is on the table, which I come very close to burning on purpose because that's how my son loves to eat it, where you toast it in oil until it's brown, 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 and then saute uh, vegetables into it and mushrooms and sometimes dried apricots. And, and it's just lovely, you know, finished with a lot of fresh herbs and a squeeze of lemon. It's really creamy and delicious. So I try to combine a little bit of my heritage with the traditions of the holidays, because the high holidays are, are such a favorite time for us to to cook together now on Zoom. But, you know, it is what it is. So it's very bittersweet now. The, the Zoom Passovers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about South Florida food. I mean, it's such a trendy place for food. 
what are some spins that people might put on traditional, you know, latkes or empanadas or any of those traditional Latin and Jewish foods? What's going down in South Florida? Well, I think the croqueta that can be made with so many different kinds of fillings. I can't speak to others, but I can speak to mine. Like I do one that's uh, a true paella that is filled with um, a velouté instead of a bechamel of a seafood stock creamed out with the paella rice and all the seafood or a croqueta made from spinach and feta with a bechamel that's bright green thanks to a puree of spinach and then served with a fig marmalade. So, and I see a lot of croquetas out there that are just fun and different, you know, not the typical croqueta uh, filled with just the puree of ham. And then empanadas, definitely, um, there is every flavor from sweet to salty. Some of my favorites these days are like a pizza empanada for the kids or a breakfast empanada with uh, scrambled eggs and um, chorizo inside of it. Or, of course, we were doing a chicken and black garlic with um, charred scallions at the restaurant, which was probably everybody's favorite. And then, of course, my mom's beef empanadas, which are hand-cut and super yummy. And then, you know, we love to top things on plantains. You know, one of my favorite things is like a, a little oyster ceviche on top of a plantain. I was chatting with Chef Diane de la Cruz a few months ago ahead of the Super Bowl. She's the head chef for the stadium where the Super Bowl was. Yeah, I've read about her. Yeah, and, and she just sounded like she was having so much fun putting her own Miami spin on you know, croquetas and, and paletas and all those wonderful foods. Are you a coffee drinker? We have to talk about coffee for South Florida. Yeah, I'm a huge coffee drinker. And and I happen to also love making like cafe con leche muffins now in the morning or a panna cotta that's like an espresso panna cotta. I love taking coffee and turning, or the coffee flavor, you know, especially cafe con leche, which I basically have been drinking since I was five although that's kind of a bad thing to admit. That was your Latin side. And turning it into other things like, you know, I hate to say it because it's so classic, but a coffee and milk, a cafe con leche, creme brulee is probably my favorite thing on earth. I could get with that. Yeah, I could definitely go for one. Oh, it's so yummy. And that burnt top, which tastes kind of like roasty coffee, you know, just adds to it. It's just perfect. Mm. Speaking of dishes you love and your perfect dishes. What are you missing? I'm sure you eat at restaurants for, of other chefs. So what's something you look forward to? I do. You know what I miss? <laughs> I miss other people's food. Because, you know, I've been cooking so much and I kind of feel like it's my duty to keep cooking for this family and, and keep them healthy and keep them happy. And for me, the gift to the soul is to cook for someone, right? So I I miss other people's food. We do order takeout mainly, you know, to help other restaurants. But, you know, when you eat food from restaurants, that is typically a a dish that you would have on a plate, you know, and and it's done takeout, and then you get it at home. And I miss that experience, that restaurant experience, you know, more than any more than the food, I miss the experience of, you know, talking to other chefs and hanging out with people in our industry and, you know, chatting up wine and cocktails and Oh, man, I miss sitting at a bar. I love sitting at bars and eating. That's probably my favorite way to eat. And that's where my husband and I pretty much do when we go out. And I just miss sitting at a bar, you know, next to my husband, having that alone time and (laughs) 
and having a cocktail at a bar and just having a couple nibbles and flirting with my husband and hanging out with the bartenders that my husband knows everyone. And, you know, it's that camaraderie more than the food that I do miss. But if I were to choose some food that I miss, I miss a dozen oysters over crushed ice desperately, desperately, desperately. From where? Probably river, the river over in downtown or... I miss sushi really, really desperately. It's more just the kind of food that, you know, just things that I'm not going to do here at home because they're not really my forte. Don't get me wrong. I, I used to make sushi a lot, but that was when I could get, you know, I knew that I was getting the kind of fish that you should serve as sushi and I was making the best rice and I had the mats and I had the best seaweed and everything and I'm just not going to do it here at home. It's just not going to come out the way I know that like my friend Shoji from Wabi Sabi could do. That was actually my last bite of sushi from him was Wabi Sabi and I still taste it and I still miss it and I miss his perfection. So, yeah, you know, some of that stuff, but I know we'll have it again and I know it'll come back. But more than anything, I just, I miss seeing people and I miss hugs. You know, I really miss hugs. Oh, Michelle, I miss hugs too. I'm sending you a hug <laughs> through the phone from Tampa to Miami. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your time. Thank you. I'm sending you a long distance hug. All right. Bye. That was Dalia Cologne speaking with Chef Michelle Bernstein. You can find recipes for Michelle's chimichurri brisket and story of my life chicken soup on our website, thezestpodcast.com. To read more about Michelle, check out Dalia's article. It's coming up in the September issue of Forum, the magazine of Florida Humanities, online at floridahumanities.org. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Robin Sessingham. Dalia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglal and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.